I should try it at some point, just a, a total dry month. Yeah, that would be great. Maybe after the pandemic. Yeah, we'll try and work on like a dry weekend first, maybe. A dry weekend. <laughs> so it's like the Medic Mum podcast gone wrong. Like, oh, yeah. Exactly. We, we were going to be honest. Uh, we've, uh, oh, yeah. We should just censor the Medic bit for this bit. Yeah, just the Mum podcast. <laughs> just the Mum podcast. The Mum exactly. Surviving podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Medic Mum podcast with me, Dr. Poonam. And me, Dr. Steph. So this week we had a medical topic all planned out in our schedule to talk about but actually because of how things are at the moment so we have all just gone into lockdown number three we wanted to bring you a slightly different episode um we have noticed that we've all been feeling a little bit heavy at the moment and we wanted to do something a little bit different and talk about things a bit more light-hearted and also Poonam I mean you're still recovering from COVID at the moment how how have you been feeling? Yeah so uh, it's it's actually been an interesting sort of past week you know I came out of quarantine on a massive high just to be out of that space and I was fine for about 24 hours and then it just suddenly hit me and everything that I'd kind of previously heard from patients and other people that had COVID that I thought I might have escaped you know it just all all came at once so at the moment where I'm at is I keep getting, you know, bouts of palpitations and the exhaustion is unbelievable. Um, mm. And certainly having lots of kind of blippy moments and feeling just tired. And then, of course, as you said, lockdown hasn't helped. The imminent uh, starting of homeschooling next week, oh, which, you know, yes. from last time, I really commend mums that, you know, embraced it and enjoyed it. And I wish I was one of them, but uh, my experience of homeschooling was just hellish um mm. so I think just all around just been feeling a bit meh so <laughs> I think yeah. earlier when we had that's this chat and we were like it. <laughs> yeah just meh that emoji that's my face all the time <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but I was you know so earlier when we decided you know let's not go heavy let's just mm-hmm. keep it light because like you and like everybody else I just need a bit of escapism right now mm-hmm. and just to, to have some space where we can just have a bit of banter Yeah, exactly. So what I did earlier was I put up a question box on my stories for people to send in anything that they wanted to ask us. We got loads of different questions, some really great ones in there. So I think um, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it'll be a great little chat. Um, So we are going to dive right in and basically just answer as many as we can and see where the conversation takes us. Yes, I am loving these actually. These are just so fun. So I'm going to kick this off. Okay, I'm not doing okay. dry January. I feel because... like I'm on a quiz. I feel like I'm on a quiz show. <laughs> I'm suddenly really nervous. Oh, Steph, this is as much as fun we're going to have this year. So it's just going. <laughs> and I love that we're learning still about each other. So, okay, yeah. so the one I'm going to ask you is, and now I'm not doing this because it's. 2021 whatever like just on survival mode but anyway so not doing dry (laughs) January but for you have you any because I know you guys are big on cocktails in your house and I can't wait to such times that I can just visit you and get your (laughs) hubby to make us some of those amazing ones that he makes but non-alcoholic cocktail ideas or what's your favorite non-alcoholic cocktail for anyone that might be doing dry January 
Good question. So I, yeah, we do love a cocktail here. I have to say we haven't done as many non-alcoholic ones as we probably should have done this time round. But when I was pregnant, I definitely, I don't know about you, I got that kind of real fatigue of, oh, what should I, what should I drink? Because that was the time at the beginning of pregnancy when we could still go out to, you know, have a drink with people and be social. And I just got really sick of all the like sweet fizzy drink. So one of my favorite things to make was it wasn't necessarily a cocktail, but I loved mixing like anything to do with elderflower, like elderflower. Mm. What's it called? Elderflower. Is it cordial? No, it's not liqueur. Yes, cordial. That's the word. Yeah. I was like, liqueur? No, that's alcoholic. Do not use that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, just sod dry January. We'll just go straight onto yeah, the booze. Exactly. <laughs> Um, elderflower cordial and like just tonic water or mixing it you know fever tree have loads of different types of tonics as well they're really interesting at the moment um and just mixing it up with that putting in like some lime um anything like that I really loved and also loads of different variations on like ginger ale as well or Mm. or, like ginger beer because I love that oh yeah Um, I was actually sent a non-alcoholic spirit you know there are loads of those now like yeah. or low alcohol ones like seed lip um that's really popular but this one uh i can't remember what it was called was it called zeo or something anyway all of them are kind of a variation on a theme aren't they they're all these like botanical spirits that are kind of meant to mm. represent gin mm. um but i'm really enjoying those as well because you feel like you're still it comes in a nice bottle um you still feel like you're having something a little bit special um so just having a shot of that with, again, I think I found a spiced clementine tonic from Fever Tree, oh, which is really, lovely. really nice. Yeah, it was really good. That was nice and Christmassy. Um, so that's a good combo. Or again, like I said, ginger ale um, or anything like that, really. I think something mm. nice and fresh. I don't really like sweet cocktails. I don't know yeah. about you. Um, no, I'm not a big cocktail person. Uh, <gasps> like I think that I know, I know I definitely need to get <laughs> into cocktails a bit more. Like I'll always say mojito is my go-to. Um oh. Yes. because I just love anything minty and it's so funny as you're talking like I'm totally salivating but I have no taste back like I still have no oh, taste no. but I was reading like the other day that the best way to kind of almost kind of reintroduce like taste and smell is to keep making those associations of like what it would have mm-hmm. tasted or what it would have like smelled like so it must be a positive thing that I'm salivating thinking about yes, cocktails yes, definitely. <laughs> um, but no definitely I think that over like the coming weeks I remember last time like homeschooling it was always about like at one point it was a bit of a joke because I'd get there and I'd be like how early is it like too early to have a glass of gin because homeschooling kind of did that to me like <laughs> just like uh, somebody passed me a drink because it's the only way to get through this um yeah. so maybe need to invest actually in more non-alcoholic spirits at home. well that's the thing because you could legitimately have one at like midday that's fine yeah and just pretend yeah that whole placebo effect and just feel like you're pissed at five o'clock but you've actually had nothing (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so yeah I would go with those or actually what I did have one uh I tried a lot of non-alcoholic beers as well when I was pregnant yes Um, again just to kind of have that feeling of having something a bit different with my husband and the best one I found was I really liked the Beck's one I don't actually like yeah Mm. I don't normally have loads of different beers but the Beck's I think it's blue non-alcoholic beer or something it is that one one. I do like that one 
Yeah, I actually, we went on a date night in um, when I was pregnant and so we were in uh, this, it was actually in a bar and I was drinking the non-alcoholic, the Bex beer and mm. like it was really rowdy and of course I'm in Glasgow, you know, you can never really go out on a night out without there being a bit of drama. Um, I just remember like, I mean, I was hideously pregnant and hideously miserable and very hormonal. So I'm like made this effort, I had this like leopard print hideous skirt on, but you know, th- feeling as like, you know, cool as I could possibly be at that stage (laughs) you know and I was like I'm just gonna drink out the bottle like my husband and he was obviously having an alcoholic version of it and then I walked past this woman and she was just like I can't believe that woman's drinking and she's pregnant (gasps) I know but you know that way that suddenly your own judgment kicks in I turned around and I was like I'm not drinking alcohol (laughs) and my husband's like are you about to pick a fight with somebody and you're not even drinking and I was like people are just so judgy yeah, exactly. I can't even enjoy a non-alcoholic drink without people being mean to me. <laughs> I just I'm so normal. over this pregnancy. <laughs> oh, and then COVID came. Oh, and then COVID came. Yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but yes, it's funny that we both have had that one. I do like that one. So yeah. I would also, I would also recommend that. So, yeah. but no, good on, good on this person for actually doing dry January. Like, absolute respect to anyone that's trying to do Absolutely. anything like this at the moment. Because I think, like, you know, whatever to kind of keep you healthy and keep you sort of meeting a challenge. I think it's just commendable. Yeah, I definitely. should try it at some point. Just a, a total dry month. Yeah, that would be great. Maybe after the pandemic. Yeah, we'll try and work on like a dry weekend first, maybe. <laughs> dry weekend. <laughs> so it's like the medic mum podcast gone wrong. Like, oh yeah, exactly. we, we were going to be honest. Uh, we've oh, uh, yeah, we should just censor the medic mum, the medic bit for this bit. Yeah, just um, the mum podcast. <laughs> just the mum podcast. The mum exactly. surviving podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that question was sent in by Harriet underscore M. I'm going to find a good one for you next, Puna. Ooh. Let me have a look through these. Oh, this is being nerve-wracking on the other side because I don't know what you're going to ask me. <laughs> oh, this is know? a sweet one. Okay, so this is sent in from Medic Mama, M-U-M-M-A. What would you say is your favourite thing about being a mum? Oh, God, there's so many moments. But what's my favourite bit? I know, it's quite a difficult question, actually. Do you know, it's definitely as, as a reflection of my relationship with my son, but I think it's just having an unconditional bestie. Like, mm. honestly, That's like so he's sweet. just... Long may this last. Like, I'm still, I'd say that, like, me and my mum are just best mates, and I hope, like, and I don't think that will ever change because she is, but never imagined that I would have this relationship with my own child because like it was just such a different dynamic between me and my mum she was a very young mum when she had me she was only 19 and she'd like kind of come over from India and like had no other kind of family here so like me and her immediately had this like bond from the start so like when I had my son it was a completely different you know shift and from where I was at but where when how he's just become that 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 just just that light that sparks joy into everything it's it's Mm. unbelievable and he is just that unconditional 
person that accepts me, loves me, welcomes me and just adores me for who I am. And actually there's really nobody. Like I come with a condition for everybody in my life. I think I piss <laughs> off people all the time. Like even my mum has conditions on me. Whereas my son just like, he's like, you're just the best thing ever. And I'm like, I love oh, you. Um, so, sweet. so I think this, yeah, the best moment of motherhood is definitely having somebody who just loves you totally for the way that you are. And they grow up knowing you inside and out for all your perfect bits and all your imperfect bits and just accepts you and knows no different <laughs> so oh, uh, yeah so sweet I think that's the only way that I can yeah I totally agree they're like these little rays of sunshine aren't they and yeah. as much as they can annoy you and really challenge you and push you to your limits like mm. the rewards that you get back in terms of that love um especially that it is unconditional you're right there it's is an acceptance you can I think, you can almost like can, do no yeah. wrong in their eyes yeah. yeah I think that's just it and even recently like with the whole covid thing and being sort of quarantined away and like the one thing that kept me going was just him singing outside the door and him like at one point he was just like you know you're still beautiful and you know I still love you even and even mm. when you're feeling like you're roughest and you know mm. you're like in isolation because you're like a contagious feasting person and you just feel <laughs> awful about yourself and they were just like I love you <laughs> and you're like oh you know you're just amazing but you know that's um, a lovely question I'm sure if you were to say you know what are the bits that you don't like I'm sure I could give you a list quite like a lot longer <laughs> like <laughs> the bits that really challenge us are um but yeah like I'm gonna ask you that because it's such a cute question like what would you say is your favorite bit I think it's similar I think because your eldest is a bit older you have um I guess your relationship has developed to that extent where he can express himself in that way but you're right it's the it's the love that you get from them and because my eldest so she's three and a half well she's more than three and a half now um it's that develop developing and them understanding the love that they have for you as well mm. and uh, you, you know because when you when they're first born like even with my eight month old now we're trying to t teach her like mama papa mm. you know th that's what you want them to be able to say and when they can say that you feel so just warm and fuzzy inside yeah. and then the next stage is kind of cuddling them and you tell them so much you know I love you you know and you're the best you're amazing you're really kind all this stuff and you tell them all these great things that you love about them but when you finally get a little bit of that back where they say with true meaning you know mommy I love you I just I yeah that I love that when I don't get to put my eldest to bed as much we kind of divide and conquer mm. with bedtime so I'll put a little one to bed and my husband will generally put my eldest to bed but if I put the youngest one to bed a bit earlier I'll go and kind of do the last bedtime story and then put her to bed and she will most nights most nights um as i'm walking out should i say love you mummy love you so much see you in the morning oh, oh wasn't that just beautiful it's so sweet i mean i know that i'm gonna see her in the middle of the night but <laughs> yeah. when she says that to me it's yeah it just it's so lovely you just kind of feel feel very complete um yeah so i have to Definitely. yeah I, I have to kind of similar lines of what you were saying as well Definitely. yeah I think it'd be interesting when we do like episode you know 
7 million in 2030 when we'll be like what happened and we'll be like my eldest just told me how much he hates my guts today and like, um, so you know it's just like the transition through those years when they come we're just like, like I hate you slam the door <laughs> well that went well I still exactly. love them well let's just listen back to episode 7 and remember yeah. how we felt back then <laughs> Um, oh dear okay so let's let's move on to another question god this is you know there's so many amazing questions here let me see right so here's a bit of a how do you deal with mum guilt it's a whole new experience says j-e-5-5-c-h-a so i don't know if that's like jessica maybe just yeah jessica almost in a way like a cool way of writing jessica i like that cool um oh firstly yes mum guilt it's something that I don't think I I wasn't ready for it at all and I think Mm. it just kind of hits you doesn't it and you kind of firstly you don't really know what it is until someone mentions the term you're like yes that is what it is it's a whole new spirit experience I I totally get that it's it's really difficult dealing with mum guilt and I think uh I probably experience mum guilt every single day um even if it's you know not on a different scale each day um Mm. you've got the mum guilt of when you are going to work and you're dropping them at nursery and they're saying to you mummy don't leave you know that's obviously huge mum guilt but then I've also got the mum guilt of being at home and thinking what we're gonna have for dinner tonight and realizing that I you know, either have run out of time or I should have gone to the shops and we're going to have to have fish fingers or something for dinner and feeling guilty about that when I shouldn't be feeling guilty about that. There's Mm. just something in that happens every day that you can find that feeling. And I think what I found really has helped has been sharing it with other people. And I think at the beginning, I didn't I didn't know to share and I didn't know that it was normal to feel that way. I thought that it was a reflection of me maybe as a person somehow that I was doing something wrong um, and that there were all these other perfect parents around me that didn't feel mum guilt because uh, they didn't have to. Uh, But I think it's just as soon as I started speaking to others about it, you just, you realise how normal it is to experience it and that just instantly makes it better when you share a problem like that and when you share such a strong emotion like that as well and I think that that has just allowed me to just accept it I don't mm. I can't say that I don't feel mum guilt because it happens but it's being able to sit with it and think okay that's fine and processing it and some days it takes longer to process and I feel worse I feel worse for longer some other days it's easy I can just be like oh stop stop being so hard on yourself you know Mm -hmm. it's fine don't worry about it but it's yeah it's uh I think definitely sharing it with others and knowing that you're not alone in it is so powerful as well and we've spoken about it so many times as well haven't we yeah, I think it should be like an episode in its own right. Um, it does. I struggle yeah. really with it. I think as a personality type, I'm somebody who genuinely feels like quite guilty all the time anyway. And I, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing it in like my mum, like my mum has always been a very selfless character and very much the centre of her family but she was always the person who would always like feed everyone and be the last to kind of like take care of herself and I think somewhere it's interesting sometimes I wonder whether I've just picked up a lot of those traits and I've kind of brought them into 
my sphere and is I then throughout the day there's so many moments where I feel guilty and there is yet to be I think a night ever where I go to sleep and before I go like shut those eyes that I haven't then questioned or thought tomorrow I must and mm-hmm. I think it's really increased since I've had my second baby because the guilt always lies around things that I haven't done with my eldest so mm-hmm. like because I had a seven-year gap I was so used to doing so much with my eldest and now that time has been divided and often like it tends to be because he's so good at just kind of understanding that I tend to go, can you just do this? I need to just sort your sister out. Mm -hmm. And at night time when it all quietens, I think, oh God, I didn't get back to that thing. And I said, I would go back to doing that activity and I didn't get around to actually kind of reading him that book tonight. I must do better tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. I sit with those every day and every day I promise myself tomorrow I'll do better. So I think I'm still at that stage where I I need to try and be a bit more forgiving on myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really struggle with mum guilt. Like I go to work and I feel so guilty. Then I come home and then I'm like, I'm just permanently in a state of guilt. Like, And then if you like find yourself, you know, I do this quite a lot where you're just hiding in the utility having that chocolate or having, <laughs> like a treat, which, yeah, I kind of do a lot. Um, I feel really guilty afterwards. So I think I need to go into therapy maybe. <laughs> just try and de-guilt. Try and de-guilt, yeah. But it's a thing, I think it's a phenomenon that mothers, and like you said, like didn't know for all these years that mm-hmm. when you speak to other mums, it's so common and when you learn that you don't feel mm-hmm. as hard on yourself yeah as you have done before where you think that you're because you're comparing yourself like you know yes particularly social media is worse for it you compare yourself to the highlight reel of some other mother who mm-hmm. in your eyes seems to be that perfect mother that you strive mm-hmm. to be in your fantasies mm-hmm. which is just not realistic for you in your circumstances and therefore that comparison leads to even more shaming on yourself and even more guilt Um, And I think it's about removing that factor of, you know, I am trying my best under the circumstances. My kids are loved. I've given them everything I could today. I must Mm -hmm. be kinder to myself and just enjoy that goddamn chocolate. (laughs) Even if it happens to be your kid's chocolate that is for them. (laughs) It's fine. They won't miss it. They don't know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I totally agree. And I still something that I I'm I'm definitely working on as well it's so much easier said than done isn't it I, mm. we've said this so often but we can often I feel like we can give out the advice and um say all of these things but in practice it's so much harder um but it is something that I am determined to try and crack because I just think the day-to-day would just be so much easier, wouldn't it? Can you oh, imagine yeah. if you didn't have mum guilt? Like, how incredible would that be? That would just be amazing. And it's funny because actually we are like creatures that learn from past experiences. Like the prime example mm. being homeschooling. I remember last time, you know, my first ever experience, and I remember waking up and seeing at that point, you know, certain mums were like posting their timetables or you know white chalkboards oh, or whatever like they had the full scale routine and I was like why are you making like tiffin boxes when you're just at home like I was just expecting to you know just yeah. you know you're muddling through like just trying to just get them to do one activity and you know you're thinking that other mums are getting all this other stuff done and actually as the weeks went on we all fizzled into 
the end, we were all basically the same mother who was just kind of trying to do one <laughs> yeah. subject a day, trying to survive. And actually, no matter what our starting points were, you know, we all still just got through what we could in our own circumstances and got our kids through that difficult time until such times they were able to go back to school. So this time round, mm-hmm. I have that experience behind me. Yes, I'm dreading it next week of starting homeschooling. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? It wasn't so bad last time in that you kept your child alive and (laughs) they weren't at the back of the class as you thought they were going to be. And bizarrely, like my kid turned around and he was just like, oh yeah, can't wait. Mummish school is back again. And I was like, you really enjoyed it? Really? Because in my head, the narrative was I was like, the shittiest mum during that time and every Mm -hmm. night I was feeling guilty because I felt like other mums had like taught you know the entire subject of like engineering Mm -hmm. to their child by the end of the day and I couldn't even figure out how to do divisions (laughs) with M&Ms that we ate them all in the end and we didn't divide anything by anything (laughs) you know whereas now I'm like it's fine we've just got to get them through the next few weeks and whatever we can do just get them through the day and you're winning like you know keep it realistic Yeah, exactly. And exactly what you said, uh, your narrative, so different to um, to his narrative as well. And that comes back to what we were talking about earlier about their unconditional love and that actually they're just, they, thank goodness, they don't hear what's going on in our head. Um, they don't <laughs> oh, see <laughs> they they don't see it from that angle they yeah and and knowing that as well and trying to trying to hold on to that. Um, yes. Yeah, I, we know that it's, uh, we should just do an episode on it, should we? Because we, yeah. we could talk about it forever. We could probably go on for um, like weeks doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I hope that helps and don't feel, <laughs> don't feel guilty. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't feel, feel bad guilty, about but experiencing if you do, it. Yeah, just know <laughs> yeah. that, yeah, you're not alone. <laughs> you're definitely not alone. I don't know any mum who has never experienced mum guilt, so... Yeah. And if you have never experienced mum guilt, let us know what your secret is as well. We need your magic formula, your magic solution. Right. Okay. Uh, My turn to find another question. So I thought this was um, interesting. Uh, We've got a few questions similar to this. So this is Amy from Norwich and she said, how hard did you find the transition from one to two children? What are your views on age gaps? Mm, so that's a really good question actually so transition from one to two has been huge for me I I mean this was not a planned pregnancy and like my age gap is seven years between them so I completely freaked out when I found out I was pregnant because one it was like totally unexpected really grateful but was just like whoa how are we gonna do this and when you've had like just I guess an only child and didn't expect to have any more children, your world very much becomes kind of just the three of you. (laughs) So our routines, our lifestyle, and we were at that point where our son, like who took forever to learn to sleep through the night on his own. I think he was about five, five and a half when actually the magic moment came where he slept through the night. I know. Um, but, you know, we were finally over all that kind of baby stage and we were just at the point where he was, he, can, he is like just a mate. So we'd be like, you want to go to the, yeah. like, we'd go to the pub and our wee one would come down with us. We'd go to the restaurant, whatever we did, like we were just a threesome. And yeah. and then when the baby came along, it was just like, wow, oh gosh, you know, right back to that stage Kids again. And, of right course. Back, yeah. and then we've not really had normal babies, like as in we've had babies in lockdown in a pandemic. Mm. So even with that, like the challenges that come from that and 
my hugest fear was the seven-year gap. Like, how will they connect? It's too wide mm-hmm. a gap. Like, I've missed the boats and they'll never be close. And, you know, um, it, they're just at such different ends of the spectrum for their needs as well. Um, and, yeah, like, I'd say that every day, like, I feel that they're still quite a challenge because they are so different. One's, like, in primary three and the other one is learning to, like, stand at the moment <laughs> so like, you know um and, but actually it surprised me I remember googling age gap was probably the most searched for thing by me because I was so <laughs> freaked out it's like what if they hate each other like I've got three years oh, between me and my, my sister and we're so close my husband's an only child and I was like I'm gonna mess up my eldest and my youngest is just never going to know. But actually, do you know, my experience has been that you just can't compare it to anybody else's. Like mm-hmm. They do what they're going to do and you have no control over it whatsoever. And actually, the bond between them has been so unbelievably beautiful, more than I could have ever hoped for or wished for, in that she just worships him. Like he walks into the room and her eyes just light up like nobody else is like, she's just obsessed with everything that he does and finds so much joy and claps every time she sees him. And he's like, almost like big brother slash almost like he tries to play the daddy kind of role. And because during the whole of um, lockdown, like he, he was at home and my husband was working full time. So he kind of became that kind of go-to, like, you know, can you get the nappies? Can you get this? And he was such a great help. But in doing so, he also felt like the grown-up that he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, and comes with that, it's just that he feels really protective over her. She just looks up to him. And actually, it's brilliant because I can do things like go for a shower. Like with my eldest, I could never do that when he was a baby. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I can jump in for a shower and he'll I'll come out and he'll be reading her a book. You know, like, I'm just like... This is amazing. That's great. <laughs> you can just put her to sleep. I'll just go downstairs. Yeah, that's sadly, that's much. not that bit's not quite worked out for me yet. But I'm hoping in the next few years. You'll get there. You'll get there. Yeah, I'm like, me and daddy are going out, and you're old enough to like just take care of her. You know, yeah. To babysit. I know. Yeah, I know. Long term, like short term. What is it? Short term gain for long term. No, short term pain for long term gain. Pain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so that's been my experience. But the, I guess in a very short way, it's just you cannot predict or control these things. I guess like the perfect age gap is just what organically happens for you. And your kids will always just find their rhythm, their relationship and their kind of sync. Um mm-hmm dependent on what they've been born into and Mm -hmm. like you somehow just get on with it and then you've got a smaller age gap than I do yeah we do so it's three years and I completely agree that I don't think the perfect age gap exists at all I remember growing up and thinking you know when you think about your life plan you're like I'm gonna get married when I'm I think my plans, I'm going to get married when I'm like 25, I'm going to have kids, uh, you know, this age, we're going to have two kids, they're going to be this many years apart. And it's just, you know, reality is so different. And especially coming from a place for, for us where we I, you know, struggled to get pregnant mm. and we weren't sure we would even be able to have kids at some, at some point. Um, you know, I definitely think you cannot have any control over it at all. And I think that... Um, yeah, you just go, go with it. Whatever happens, happens and they will be fine. I know people who have a smaller age gap and 
you know, like 18 months or even less. And it's really tough at the beginning, but then they grow up and they have this really close bond. And um, for us three years, I find it, it works because uh, we kind of potty trained my eldest. She was in her big bed. She'd kind of done, go, gone through those slightly bigger milestones, let's say, mm. before little one arrived. And she was very much kind of understanding of there's a baby on the way, etc. Whereas I know with my friends, if there's a smaller age gap, they're like, they're just too young to understand. They don't really mm. know the baby arrives. They don't really they can't acknowledge them in the same way as maybe an older child can, which is normal and absolutely fine. So there are lots of, it's just all, it's just all very different. Um, yeah. But you're right. I don't, you know, it's not like you say, well, if it's five years, well, I'm sorry, you know, they're just, they're just not going to be close. That's just not going to happen because yeah. they will be. And you're so right. Seeing them together is just the cutest thing it's ever. beautiful, and, isn't it? Yeah. And I also, you know, like I look at people, like some of my friends have had kids really close together, you know, mm. and they've kind of done the whole, well, it's over and done with in one go. And therefore, mm-hmm. like some of them now have got like kids that are just like five or six. So, you know, eight and nine. And I'm like, mm-hmm. God, you know, you look at them sometimes <laughs> where you're literally sitting there with your dark circles and going, oh, my days, what are we going through right now? Yeah. You know, and but much like you, like our situation just didn't permit it and it didn't allow it. And it just yeah. it's happened the way it's happened. And I wouldn't change it for the universe. But yeah. I think it's just so personal. And there is, yeah, I think just it's the pressure that comes from society of what the perfect, you know, is. And actually the perfect is what's happening in your household and in your situation and never compare it. And certainly, you know, all the Googling that I did. (laughs) Oh yeah. What did it, what did it actually amount to? You know, a couple, there was, there was, there was somebody on Facebook actually (laughs) who had a 21 year age gap. And yeah, and it was just like hearing like her perspective was just amazing. She was like, you know, like it was, it was almost like the baby had a second mum. Yeah. And the help they got and actually they're so close for it. And, Mm -hmm. and I just kind of, it brought me a lot of comfort in that, again, just recognizing that everyone has got their own situation and actually Mm -hmm. never judge. You know, I was so worried. I was just like... I mean, coming from an Indian family as well, I, I would get the questions of like, oh, you're not having any more. And then I'd have to kind of say, mm-hmm. well, actually, I can't have any more children. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just felt like a little bit like you were almost under scrutiny of what mm-hmm. other people expect for you. And totally. and yeah. then you then think you've gone over the hump and you can't like, mm-hmm. you know, I can't go there again. And then you find yourself yeah. there and you're actually like... It's beautiful, you know, yeah. they're just different, they're achieving different milestones and actually they both help each other. She lets she brings out a lot of his caring, compassion and responsibility traits and he mm-hmm. like literally encourages her to kind of, you know, learn in, in ways that I couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. he, I remember taking him to all these classes and, and doing all this stuff which hasn't been possible with her, but then actually he provides so much sensory stimulation to her. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, they're like the best entertainment, aren't are they? they? It's yeah, brilliant. And they just learn off of their older siblings. So whether there's mm-hmm. like a year gap or whether there's like ten years, you know, who cares? Just yeah, you do you. I can, I completely agree. And just try and ignore any assumptions, and you just yeah, do it when you're ready. And yeah, I don't know where these boundaries come from, but mm. they. They shouldn't exist. No. Um, and they don't exist in, well, in my book and in your book as well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we've got uh, another question from Dr. Magal. 
um, who says, what do you miss the most about your pre-kids life? Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I start? I know. (laughs) Just spent hours, like, all this time gushing about them, and then you're like, well. Isn't it such an assumption, actually, that this is, like, one of those moments where you'd be like, oh, no, like, life was rubbish before children. But actually, let's be honest, there was, like, some amazing bits about life before kids arrived, right? Oh, absolutely. I just, yeah, I think the thing that, the thing that changed the most when um, our baby arrived was the fact that everything revolves around them. Like, you know, I just, how, I just think the other, the other day I said to my husband, I was like, how different is our Sunday? Do our Sundays look now? I was Mm. like, we are up and we are out and dressed and it's like 9 30 on a Sunday I was like this would never happen before I was like do you remember those days we used to lie in till like 11 o'clock and you kind of roll out of bed and you think oh we should probably go get some breakfast you go down to a cafe or something and we just wouldn't do that now because the routine is so different and every decision almost every decision that you make is you think about the kids first and um you don't necessarily have that freedom I suppose um Mm. in terms of just being like well I can just leave it's almost like having I don't want to say that the same it's almost like having a pet you know if Mm. you had a dog at home you can't just leave the dog at home you've got to think who's going to take care of the dog who's going to take who's going to feed them same thing with the kids you can't just up and go um that kind of spontaneity and like you just there's a bit more planning involved let's Mm. say so I think that's the thing that I um and certainly maybe because of the age that my our kids are at the moment they're still very young um so they are still quite dependent on us um I think that will obviously maybe that changes as as they get a bit older but I think that's the thing that has certainly been a huge change um for 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 us yeah I think it's coming back to that thing we talked about earlier it's guilt-free freedom isn't it it's like yes literally guilt-free freedom that's that's what like I miss most and my god when you talk about pets like I've got the dog as well like I've literally oh just... you do yeah <laughs> thanks you do, don't you? um yeah sorry I'm like hammering at home you've got three kids yeah I've got three kids I've got a fur baby too and <laughs> uh, yeah and but I think that you're right it's it's just about having like a life where you don't feel permanently tired you don't permanently yeah. feel guilty and you can eat what you like. You can just do what you like, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like just not feel bad about it. Like half yeah. the time, it's like when you're choosing somewhere to go for. I mean, could you imagine a life when we used to do that? You know, go somewhere to eat or mm. like go on holiday, and mm-hmm. but then a million questions are. But can I take the child there? And yeah. if and, or if you go, you know, have I got someone to take care of the kids? And mm-hmm. you're still, and then you finally get to destination, whatever, and you're still sat there ready to enjoy an amazing night out, and then you're still talking about your kid, and you're just <laughs> like, why have I become one of those people? Um, <laughs> um, so me, like shoving yeah. my phone in my husband's face. Aren't they so cute? Oh my god, what is did up you see with this that? that? She did today. Yeah, yeah. like I still do that. <laughs> the only conversations I looked at my text messages the other day to my husband can't remember the last time I actually texted him something that wasn't either a shopping item or a picture or a video of the children. And I was like, we, like just, a, are you home? we don't talk anymore. <laughs> we don't talk anymore. <laughs> so, so, yeah, but I have kids, guys. It's, it's amazing. Like, uh, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to change it for the world. 
Yeah, that's the thing. It's just um, changes. Oh. Yeah, but yeah. apparently we do. Like I always always look up to like the mums that are older. And I look at like my mum and stuff and I see all the things that they miss and they miss these stages so much where mm. life was really busy and so fully re- like dependent and revolving around children. Um, I don't know, maybe it's a generational thing. Like sometimes I'm like, I can't wait they go to uni and I hope like they go to uni like not in Glasgow. And my mum was like, <laughs> even when you grow up, you will go to the university in Glasgow and you will still stay at home. And to the point where I only moved out when I got married. And I was like, how did that happen? <laughs> you know? Whereas I'm like, guys, you know, 18, you know, out the door. <laughs> Me and daddy want where life can I back. Where you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah I know I my um my parents they started traveling so much um when me and my sister were both at university and I was just so happy for them because they um you know we're going through at the moment you um sacrifice a lot not you know in a in almost like in a positive way but there are things that they didn't do there would be destinations that they wanted to go but weren't maybe weren't as kid friendly so they didn't go um just like we would now you know you look you're like is there a swimming pool I need to you know there needs to be a swimming pool where we go or whatever entertainment for the kids comes first um and you always put yourself second so yeah Yeah. it's lovely to see them doing that now oh I like that one is it my turn to ask a question now yeah yeah okay right this is quite a good one I guess relevant to both of us but something we've spoken about before but not necessarily on the podcast so zoe kpbd has asked had baby in august and she's not met many people let alone other babies will she be okay so the okay so answering from a sort of medical perspective Yes, oh, she yeah. will be fine. Yes, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I tell myself and remind myself this every day when I ask this question to myself because as a mum, I worry about mm. the same for my little baby. She's now nine months old and has never been handled by anybody other than like my mum who does the childcare once a week. Um, but, you know, I guess that we have to remember that actually children, particularly babies at the stage that they're at, they're very adaptable and they once they integrate back into their um, kind of communities because as humans we are very social creatures they will pick it up really quickly and they will just mold and form relationships in the normal way that they're supposed mm-hmm. to yeah I guess it's just it is also though a very crucial point in their life where a lot of their development and things that they pick up um is dependent on their peers and watching what other babies of their age are doing and get their stimulation from that. Um, it's just such a difficult, difficult uh, time that we're navigating because it's not normal for us as mums to like have our babies and then be locked up in our houses for like the first year of our baby's life. Um, but I guess that the thing you've got to keep reminding yourself is that you can only do what you can do on a daily basis to, you know, whether it's can I keep them connected with relatives on like your like FaceTime or Zoom, showing them lots of like little probably getting more screen time our babies right now than they've probably ever had. So showing them cartoons and giving them some sensory interaction at home. And if you've got siblings, like older children, then you know that helps a lot. But it's not easy. But I think in a sort of roundabout way I guess I'm saying that I'm hopeful too for my baby as much as I am for every other baby that our babies are going to be fine once they kind of integrate and 
you know, at first it might feel a little bit strange to them, but hopefully this won't last for too much longer and they'll just quickly adapt the way that we always do. I mean, put to be honest, take us and put us into a difficult situation or put us into a large group of people that we don't know, you know, our in, like intuitive reaction is just to feel a bit wary, to be a little bit afraid. And it, it just brings all those very human experiences to the forefront, which is just, it's natural, it's protective. Mm-hmm. And our babies are going to go through the same and they're going to freak out a little bit, but very quickly, I'm confident that, you know, developmentally they will be fine and they will just adapt and, you know, we'll look back and go, God, I can't believe we were worried about that. Yeah, you're right. These these moments that seem, and they are so uh, big and significant at the moment. Um, yeah, you'll look back at them and it'll be like a kind of a dot on the timeline, won't it? And be like, oh, do you remember that time? Mm. Um, yeah, I think I'm... Well, we're both in a similar position. Um, I know you're already back at work, but when I go back, um, my little one will be starting um, a few days at nursery. And that's something that that transition is something that I'm a little bit apprehensive about. And I know that you've kind of started, you initially started that process with your little one as well. Mm. Um, So again, but just kind of almost priming yourself and thinking okay it's a transition but they'll they'll get through it because they're so hardy actually a lot more than we give them credit for as yeah well. and um, it's us actually that has the issue like with my little baby I remember my eldest it was awful the first year of him being at nursery was really difficult every time I would leave him he would mm. be screaming he'd be crying for me I would then sit in the car and I would cry and I just felt mm. awful and you know my baby had a very similar reaction on our two initiation visits, which have, you know, we've never really kind of been back since because she's been so poorly. But, you know, she did the same. But in my mind, it literally jumped to, this is because of the pandemic. This is because she's not met anyone. Oh my God, this just, me. and as mums, we catastrophize. You know, we're no mm-hmm. different. Like, just because we happen to be doctors doesn't mean that, you know, we're okay. The theory is one thing, but in practicality, you just feel like the world's worst mum anyway when you leave your child. But I think it's trying really hard to know that all of our babies are going to be in the same situation. It's going to be different for them because they've not been yeah. handled. They've not been to those classes. But there's a whole generation of babies that are in the same camp. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully they will be absolutely fine. It's more the older kids that I worry about sometimes because... You know, it's it's a time where really play is massive for them. But again, you know, the end is so in sight and we just need to keep on holding on to the fact that our children will be okay. Might not be as straightforward as we want it to be, but ultimately it'll all work out in the end. It's, it's, it's a good age group for them to developmentally adapt. Yeah, completely agree. We just need to have like a separate camp for mums <laughs> just to go and go into therapy <laughs> and cry. Like, I think it's us that are going to find it harder. <laughs> Yes, that's so true. Have like a nursery for mums next door oh, totally. where we can all just go and like chat with each other and kind of hug each other and yeah. tell have each some other of those okay. like non-alcoholic beverages that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In this Such way, we've got lots of like, you know, the Blue Becks non-alcoholic version. <laughs> just come in here and have a chat. <laughs> and no judgment at all for anyone. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. I know. The things that we will have to talk about for years to come. 
Okay, so my, what I think will probably be the last question for you, Poonam, is it's from, oh, another Stephanie, Stephanie M. Leung, and she has said, what's been your best date night through quarantine? I love this question. Uh, date night? Date night? <laughs> what's the date night? <laughs> uh, so we went into a lockdown last year and I had a baby. <laughs> And I've hated my husband since. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Every night has been a date night since. <laughs> Every night has been a night where one of us has wanted to kill each other. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. You know, like, I have looked at mine and I've kind of been so like in awe of couples that have like really dolled up and like made that real extra special effort to have like a date night at home. But I guess that baby was born a couple of weeks into lockdown and then I've had the eldest whose routine has just gone right out the window like he's just going to bed later and later and later and there's been lots of intentions like where we've gone oh let's get like a nice you know let's do like a nice like dinner and drinks and you know and then we've put the kids to bed and then I've gone I'm getting into my pajamas and <laughs> I'm not sitting and setting up the table. We'll just see it on the sofa. And like, you know, you just, so yeah, I, I don't I think I've had like, I think that we've had lots of nice kind of nights where we've just watched a movie. I think that's probably as far and as fancy as it's gone is that, because we've got no childcare anymore. That. Yeah. But you I know. love that though. Like but I don't I think, think just, date nights necessarily have to be like fancy yeah. and stuff. Like we've never got dressed up at home. Um, yeah. I, yeah, again, I love that people do that. I'm like, wow, you look amazing. But I'm like, mm, no, I'm very comfy in my leggings. Yeah, the oh, fact to be that honest, I've just I don't know if I fit into, yeah. <laughs> and also, I don't know if I'd fit into any of my fancy dresses now no. anyway. But yeah, so I think that taking that time and watching a film, and I think that that's maybe what this whole time has kind of reminded us of is that, you know, stripping it back, actually, it's mm. these quieter moments. Yeah, like we've had a couple of times. important where, to enjoy as well. Yeah, like I think just it's been the excitement of like oh I've chosen a movie that I think will be really like you know nice for us to watch and but I think it's just it's it's realistic kind of life as well isn't it is that half the time like I remember like my husband had made this big special effort he'd made like a really nice kind of you know um meal and we sat down for a movie and I was like snoring on the sofa <laughs> and you know we've seen like lots of these tiktok reels and things where you kind of see parents doing that I'm like but that's such a reflection of reality is that I can't keep myself up and just literally would swap in the best date night would be for him just to be like I'll take the kids and you go to sleep yay <laughs> the best night of my life <laughs> yeah to get a full night's sleep that would be amazing but didn't you have that um I know well maybe it wasn't technically a date night but didn't you do a zoom cocktail thing yeah it was my best friend's 40th birthday and her sister-in-law had organized um, a cocktail making thing so actually that was lovely we got dolled up for that because we were going to see lots of other people and that was the only kind of zoom party thing that we had kind of attended because last year just wasn't in the state for it um and yeah, no, so that was good. Like, I, you know, my husband came down. And I was like, ooh, haven't seen you in a suit in a while. You know, and he was like, you know, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, progressively getting more and more like, you know, merry as the night went on. Um, <laughs> but then again, it got to 11 o'clock and we're like, God, we're such lightweights, can't even drink anymore. You know, like, 
four cocktails later and we're just like, yeah, so tired. <laughs> the back of pregnancy as well and you haven't been having anything. Yeah, yeah. you're just like, oh, what have we become? <laughs> um, so, yeah, date nights seem to be gatecrashed quite often by my seven-year-old who's like constantly, like he suffers from FOMO. It's always just like, what are you two doing? Can, oh, I, can I join sweet. in? And I'm like... No, this movie is not for you. Like we spent the whole day watching what you wanted to watch. Can you just go to bed? Please go to bed. But yeah, so a roundabout way of going. Yes, it's been fun. We have had a couple of nice movie nights. <laughs> uh, that is such an indulgence, though, because um, we don't get... Yeah, we don't watch movies that often, I have to say. So Do you ever go through that, lots- like, where you just sit and actually just flick through Netflix and you sit there and you read so many, like, blurbs and you're trying yes. to decide? And yes. suddenly, like, at some point over this pandemic, I've gone, we used to like the same kind of stuff. You know, yes. this pandemic has been so divisive and that he's like, oh, I think you'll love this. And once upon a time, we probably would have liked the same sort of things to watch. Whereas I'm like, mm-hmm. no, like, I don't want to watch that, like, you surely want to watch this and before you realize that you've spent 45 minutes flicking through things then you bicker about the fact that one or you should be watching like a particular getting a choice and I'm like the last time we watched something together was like seven months ago so can we just decide and then you're like oh now I'm gonna sleep as soon as the trailer starts <laughs> that is so us yeah the the what yeah the what you want to watch we're like oh my god yeah we're flicking through and then I remember one night we actually finally decided on something we're like okay fine let's just watch this and then about 10 minutes through we were like oh wait I think we've watched it already so we're like okay well we've got to start all over again it's just (laughs) I know and even like with box sets I think there's been a couple of like you know books or series that we started you know I mean I don't know if you've watched Normal People but like because we're so oh my god it's so good it's so good um but we like started off watching it together and then like you know my husband was like I'm so tired and I'm like but we've only watched one episode and I'm like by this point like the only thing that I've seen in a long time and I'm like no please stay up with me I need to watch episode two and he's like I'm going to bed and then before you realize it like I've watched the whole thing I've binge watched the whole night and it's like five <laughs> o'clock and I've not done that in a long time but I'm like now it's too late the baby's going to be up anyway you know and he's like I can't believe you just did that like you just watched it all without me and I'm like yeah we, we've changed sorry about sorry that. i know yeah <laughs> kind of cheated on you yeah <laughs> it's good to know it doesn't just happen to us as well yeah my husband definitely has some series that he like kind of keeps for himself but he knows that i wouldn't watch them with him anyway so yeah. he's like i know that you don't want to watch them so i will just watch them you know whenever yeah, i get that you... spare moment that we all have well do you yeah do you ever find though like my husband a lot of the time we're watching something and he'll be like yeah I've already seen that and I'm like when when did you he's like yeah yes. I've already watched that and I'm like you seem to be watching and have seen quite a lot of things mm. that you know mm. I clearly haven't I mean when are you doing mm-hmm. this and then before you know it you're having a bit of a where do you get the time for that and somehow <laughs> you know they're watching things while we're like you know just saying yes yeah exactly yeah. they will they will find the time for sure they yeah. do. I have yeah. to say, we had quite a we had quite a good, I guess, date night in inverted commas. When was it? Maybe it was like just before Christmas. So you know, all of the restaurants have been doing these kits recently. I think I sent you yeah. photos of it. Oh god, yeah, that looked amazing. It was the it was like the some of the best Indian food. So it's uh, what is it called? It's called the Ambassadors Agency, and they have 
got together with some of these incredible Indian restaurants in London. So ones like Trishna, Gymkhana, um, I think Brigadiers as well as part of it. Um, and they've just got the best Indian food. If you ever, like when you, when you come down and when we <laughs> finally meet, meet. <laughs> We for real. will go there. Yeah, for real. Yeah. We'll have a date night. flash, guys. We haven't, actually, yeah, we haven't actually met in real life before. Can you believe this? Um, but yeah, so that you can go on their website and you can order like all of their best dishes, basically. And my husband, he's like, we're foodies. And I think he's just working so hard at the moment that that is his, that is his escapism is, is kind of food and kind of treating us. So he ordered a few things and it kind of comes in like this kit and you... Uh, have to like semi cook some of it yourself you've got these like recipe cards for each dish and you have to do it so you kind of feel like a Michelin star chef but you're not actually having to do that much and you're like wow I made that but you obviously (laughs) didn't um so that was actually really nice that was yeah that was really nice and I think it comes with like some drinks and stuff in the kit so yeah we enjoyed like a drink or two I think baby then did wake up um about halfway through <laughs> we were like she knows we're trying to have a nice yeah meal. they know they know they do know they do know but up until then up until then it was nice and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wasn't another like um yeah another dinner in front of the tv which we do love I do love a tv dinner I have to say yeah um, so that was that was fun so I think the restaurant kits are quite nice but we did we enjoyed it so much we ordered another restaurant kit but then we realized we were like oh this is why you go out to mm. eat, isn't it? Like the food is one part of it and mm. that's great, but it's the whole act of getting ready, yeah. going out, yeah. sitting with each other and like other people that is also really nice as well. It's so lovely, isn't just it? it's can't wait until to... we can do that again. Yeah, it's like you don't want to then be doing the cleaning up afterwards or the washing yeah. up and, <laughs> no. you know, all that stuff. And then you're like, right, so now let's just get back into pajamas again because still in the same environment (laughs) but I do miss it but I think that like I've learned over this past year that I've made more of an effort to get myself dressed and I wouldn't say doll up but I've made an effort to like do my makeup and just kind of glam up as much as I can Mm -hmm. for me like I think that Mm -hmm. that that's one thing that I've really learned is that I enjoy that process of getting ready for me every day so much that I've not really needed to I've not really felt that I've had to kind of get ready to make an effort for like someone else I really should that said you know I really maybe should this will be it next week my husband will be like what's going on I'm like let's have date night I'm gonna get all dressed up for you <laughs> you're like in your ball gown <laughs> exactly I'm like we were just chatting and I think I should make more of an effort and I'm going to sleep on the sofa while you like fuss over what we're gonna watch <laughs> but I'm gonna do it wearing heels <laughs> exactly and some red lip why not <laughs> yeah do you know what? I have taken that tip from you because I'm you always it. you always make effort to wear a bright lipstick. And I think, do you know what? That's so good. And especially on the days when I feel tired as well. And you know when you sometimes catch yourself in the mirror and you're like, whoa, you look really tired today. Um, as soon as you put it on, it just makes such a difference, it doesn't does, it? It does, doesn't it? Do I you know what? It. I have been loving your pink lipsticks. And I think maybe actually my whole like COVID fatigue feel miserable about life moments that I'm having at the minute. Maybe tomorrow morning I should just get up and do that because it does make a big difference. I think when yeah. you suddenly like, yes, that's what I'm going to do. And if it works, I'll be like, right, I have a new, a new way of like recovering from COVID. Don't care who you are. Get some red lip on, and suddenly you'll feel the like... The new guidelines are... Yeah, the new are. guidelines are. 
<laughs> Mascara, meditation, lipstick, you know. <laughs> Three key elements. Yeah, exactly. Three key elements. <laughs> Oh, do you know what? If we can't laugh about it, we'll only cry. Exactly. Well, I really enjoyed that. I think we've probably come up to our time limit, to be honest. We could (laughs) go on forever, but um, let's end it there. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, everyone, so much for sending in your questions. Um, I love, again, with all of these episodes, when we do them in this way, I love the place that it takes us to. So I hope that you've enjoyed listening too. And we will be back next week with another episode. And remember that if you enjoyed listening to us, then please do like, review and rate us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you listen to our podcast on. Every single comment means so much to us and your feedback helps us to kind of grow. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.